0: Welcome in, ladies, gents, and my non-binary friends. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you all are doing well, thriving, and hanging in there. Lately, I've been feeling kind of angry. And not to get into too much detail, I, I've i stated on past episodes that I don't really want to make things political on this podcast. But toward the end of June... Um, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of allowing businesses such as wedding photographers, cake decorators, and webpage designers. Uh, it allowed them to discriminate or deny services to couples solely based on the fact that they are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I believe it was like a five to three vote. And I think they also ruled to not forgive student loans, which is a whole other topic all on its own. But as far as being able to discriminate, the woman who got the ball rolling on this whole thing, this whole movement, allegedly never had a gay couple approach her. She went out of her way, out of her way to take her hate to the supreme court and look what the outcome was look where it got her she made an impact let me first start off by acknowledging that i don't have a hard life yes i face bullying and have had negative experiences due to my sexuality and my lifestyle but i understand there are people out there experiencing much worse as Courtney Barker would tell Kim, <laughs> there are people dying. But anyway, all jokes aside, you see, this, this can affect me. It, it really can. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing here. Whether you hate gays or you love them, I believe allowing things like this to happen is... It's only going to open the door to so many other bigoted beliefs being brought to the forefront, such as interracial couples, uh ban certain races from places, maybe even revoking gays to actually get married. I-, I feel like it's honestly leading in that direction. It's so regressive right now. But in full transparency, i was going to quit this podcast and i just i just felt like there's been a lot of hate and eye rolling towards gay content almost like we just want to be looked at verse heard or like we're some kind of like trophy or or something like that like oh this is my this is my gay friend um, but they they don't want to take what comes with us any gay man with a body is sexy but any gay man with a voice is annoying and that's honestly how i've been feeling lately like nobody wants to hear what i i have to say what we have to say everyone's rolling their eyes at like the equality posts about this about that like it's just i'm very observant so seeing how straight creators are being treated versus LGBTQ plus creators are treated, they're two completely different things. Just seeing the praise and and the engagement is so different. I guess to bring everything together, I'm not quitting, okay? We're not going anywhere. We need queer voices now more than ever in this very straight world oversaturated with hate and bigotry call us angry call us annoying we're only going to get louder you will never know what it's like to have your rights literally being taken away from you because of who you love or who you identify as and like you can I I, I can hear it all already. Like, I'm getting so mad right now. I can hear it all already. Well, I don't want you coming for our kids. We don't want your kids. Keep drag queens out of schools. They aren't there to teach your kids perverted topics or to influence your kids to be gay. They're there to teach your kids that everyone is different. And if they come across someone that's different, that they can approach them with grace and respect versus just flat out bullying them. I grew up in the straightest of households with no access to any LGBTQ content, and I just thought boys were cute. Like I came out gay regardless, and I I don't think it's wrong to want to simply exist. We've been we've been trying for so many fucking years, so many years. So those of you out there that are pretending that it's something new to me, it's 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 a cop out. But my best piece of advice for anyone wanting to support or love your LGBTQ plus friends and family or even becoming like an actual ally versus just being like, oh, yeah, you're gay. I love you. It's just to simply get out and really pay attention to what and who you're voting for, because just loving us or just having fun with us isn't enough anymore. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm so sorry everyone for this this rant, but it's, it's important to talk about these kinds of topics, especially on platforms like mine, because at the end of the day, I can talk about all the true crime, all the scary movies, whatever, whatever. But this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring up LGBTQ plus topics, topics that were important and that need to be talked about, that need to be brought to the forefront because I'm not saying I'm gonna make a change, but I know myself and other creators out there can get loud enough to make a change and make a difference. But it just we can't step back into this regressive world i refuse to and i just i think we've come so far that it it uh it just uh it's so sad it is so sad let's take a break (laughs) let's take a break shall we let's take a break and when we return after this brief message we're gonna get into some true crime true crime coming your way after this break Submit your questions and stories to screamqueercast at gmail.com or by submitting them to Instagram at screamqueerpodcast and catch new episodes every Tuesday morning wherever podcasts are streamed. Remember to rate and subscribe. Welcome to the Scream Queer Podcast with Ralph Anthony. Following content contains topics describing graphic violence, strong sexual content, explicit language, and elements that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. legendary tale of paranormal activity that took place in Adams, Tennessee during the early 19th century. The events revolved around the Bell family and their encounters with an unseen entity known as the Bell Witch. While the exact details of the story have been embellished over time, the core narrative remains a captivating piece of American folklore. The haunting began in 1817 when John Bell, a former landowner, encountered a strange creature on his property. It appeared to be a half-dog, half-rabbit hybrid. Baffled by the sight, Bell attempted to shoot the creature, but it vanished before his very eyes. This encounter marked the beginning of a series of unexplained phenomena that would plague the Bell family for years to come. Soon after, the Bell family started hearing peculiar noises in and around their home. Mysterious knocking sounds echoed through the walls, furniture was overturned without any apparent cause, and the sound of chains being dragged reverberated through the house. Initially, the family attributed the occurrences to natural causes or dismissed them as harmless pranks. However, As time passed, the intensity and frequency of the phenomena increased. The entity responsible for the disturbances began to communicate with the family through an unseen voice. It displayed an uncanny knowledge of personal information about the Bell family members, including private conversations and secrets that no outsider could have known. The entity eventually introduced itself as the Bell Witch and claimed to be the spirit of Kate Batts, a former neighbor with whom John Bell had a land dispute. According to the legend, Kate Batts felt wronged by Bell and swore that she would haunt him and his family. The Bell Witch, in its interactions with the family, seemed intent on tormenting and causing harm. John Bell became the primary target of the entity's malevolence. He suffered from frequent episodes of choking and beating, often leaving him bruised and battered. The Bell Witch's assaults on Bell were witnessed by family members, neighbors, and even visitors who had come to investigate the strange happenings. Word of the haunting spread throughout the community, drawing the attention of curious onlookers and investigators. The entity's ability to communicate and display knowledge beyond the ordinary intrigued many, The legend of the bell witch grew capturing the fascination of locals and even reaching the ears of prominent figures one such figure was general andrew jackson who would later become the seventh president of the united states intrigued by the stories of the bell witch jackson decided to pay a visit to the bell family's property Legend has it that during Jackson's visit, his entourage encountered supernatural phenomena, including strange noises and physical disturbances. Frightened, they quickly departed from the Bell residence. The haunting continued for several years, taking a toll on the Bell family's well-being and reputation. The entity's interactions became more intricate, demonstrating intelligence and knowledge beyond what was considered possible. It would engage in conversations, recite Bible passages, and provide prophecies about future events. In 1820, John Bell fell gravely ill and eventually passed away. The Bell Witch allegedly claimed responsibility for his death, announcing that it would return in seven years true to its word in 1828 the entity reappeared this time interacting primarily with john bell jr one of the bell's sons it provided him with information about the future making predictions that were said to come true afterward the bell Witch gradually ceased its activities leaving the bell family in peace The story of the Bell Witch was passed down through generations, captivating the imaginations of many. Various accounts and retellings of the events emerged over time, leading to some variations in the details. While the Bell Witch legend remains popular, skepticism and alternative explanations have also been offered some suggest that the phenomena experienced by the bell family may have had rational explanations such as pranks or natural occurrences misunderstood as paranormal others propose that the story was fabricated or exaggerated for personal or financial gain i'll leave that up to you Today I want to share with you the chilling case of Anthony Edward Sowell and the horrific crimes that he committed. I have to warn you, this case contains extremely disturbing and extremely graphic details right off the bat, so please, please, please listen with discretion. Starting off from the beginning... Sowell, born on august nineteenth, 1959 grew up in an abusive home in east cleveland shockingly his deviant behavior started at a shockingly young age as he began raping his 10 year old niece when he was just 11 years old after serving in the u.s marine corps for seven years Sowell returned to cleveland in 1985. however his life took an even darker turn as he embarked on a path of criminality starting with minor offenses involving drugs and alcohol then escalating to domestic violence in 1989 Saul committed a heinous act binding gagging and raping a 21 year old pregnant woman in his home this traumatic event recounted by the victim herself was a harrowing experience leaving her fearing for her life. Following a 15-year prison sentence for the rape, Sowell was released in 2005, only to resume his life of crime. His first known victim during this violent spree was Crystal Doiser, a 38-year-old mother of seven who struggled with drug addiction. Saul lured her into his home in May 2007, where he committed the unimaginable act of raping and murdering her. For the next few years, Saul continued his reign of terror, specifically targeted women who he believed wouldn't be missed by their loved ones. Tragically, he was correct in some cases, as the disappearances of his victims went unnoticed until their bodies were discovered months or even years later on his property. Even when families reported their loved ones missing, the police failed to take them seriously, dismissing their concerns due to drug use. It wasn't until September 2009 that the horrors of Sal's crimes began to unravel. A brave woman named Latundra Billups, lured to his home under false promises of drugs, survived a brutal assault, but initially hesitated to report it. It was only when another woman, Sean Morris, narrowly escaped Sal's clutches and Sal himself was nowhere to be found that the authorities obtained a warrant to search his home. The grim discovery made on October 29th was beyond anyone's worst nightmare. Investigators encountered the putrid smell that had plagued the neighborhood for years and uncovered the remains of multiple victims. Shallow graves. Crawl spaces, the backyard, all revealed horrors that Sowell had inflicted upon at least 11 women. He was arrested two days later, but the true extent of his crimes would be unveiled during his highly publicized trial. As the shocking details emerged, Sowell's neighbors, who had complained about the foul odor for years, were appalled to learn that it had emanated from his residence all along. The owner of a local meat shop testified, recounting the futile efforts he made to address the smell, having spent over $20,000 on new plumbing fixtures, sewer lines, and grease traps in an effort to stop the stench, unaware of its horrific source. Furthermore, the Cleveland Police Department's mishandling of the case drew widespread criticism with reports of missed opportunities to save lives. Eventually, Sal was convicted of numerous charges, including rape, kidnapping, abuse of a corpse, and 11 counts of murder. Although he was sentenced to death, he passed away in February 2021 due to natural causes. His former residence was demolished in 2011. And a memorial called the Garden of Eleven Angels was established in 2021 to honor the victims of this gruesome serial killer, forever known as a Cleveland Strangler. Closing out this episode, if you would be ever so kind to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it helps me out more than you realize, and it will keep this podcast going. You can also follow me on Instagram for episode updates and schedule changes at Scream Queer Podcast. I didn't intend for this episode's opening monologue to sound so angry, but these issues are just so relevant to the community and it just it really saddens me to the point where I'm angry because of how hateful people can be towards other people just for simply wanting rights. But that's why myself and these other LGBTQ plus creators and podcasters are here. We're not going anywhere. We aren't going into hiding So until next time, I'll scare you all, especially those opposed to alternative lifestyles, on the next episode.